Hello again, Broncos country. We are back after a pretty disappointing week one by the Denver Broncos losing by one point to the Las Vegas Raiders in our in our homecoming for the year. We got a lot of things to work on, a lot of things to do, uh, but we're here. The pregame podcast is here, brought to you by the Orange Weekly Broadcast Network to talk about the next game and what to expect in the matchup. Uh, as always this year, I'm joined by uh, David and Spotty. Gents, how are you guys doing today? Could be better if we would have beat the Raiders. Sure, sure. But yeah, no, actually I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one point loss when we left four on the board is a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing. At least. So, all right, guys. Well, let's let's get that in the back burner. Week one is over. Week two is is here, and we have a lot to talk about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news. And we're back. All right, guys, we're gonna um, let's start. Let's start off like week one disappointing. Lots of lots of things, but there was a lot of good things that came out of week one, including what we saw with a Sean Payton offense and Russell Wilson in that Sean Payton offense. So let's go ahead and start on the offensive side. Commanders, scary defense on paper. They're looking pretty scary. So what are you guys looking forward to um, for the Broncos offense versus the uh, Commanders defense to start? Uh, one thing that I did look back on, I was was kind of reviewing the you know the stats uh, as well as I'd watched the game, and I think there's some opportunity for the Broncos to be able to run the ball, which actually may be our strong suit. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan and um, Pookie were, were very efficient. Uh, we just didn't. Uh, I would almost say we didn't give them enough snaps, and I think this next week we're going to really try to establish that run first. It's going to really set up some of those play actions, and I think that's going to what's going to really help us drive the ball down the field, which we didn't really see in week one. So for me, I think what's going to be really critical for the Broncos this week, and it's obviously critical to pass protect every week, but this week you've been you've been hearing Sean Payton talk a lot about how they were missing the explosive plays um, in that Raiders game, and that when you look at a Sean Payton offense, everything else about it was there. Uh, the timing throws that were short to intermediate, the power running game, uh, all of that was there for the Broncos and it was all really working. The only thing you didn't have were explosive plays that Sean Payton offenses have a lot. They He dials up shot plays a lot. Um, they just didn't have them. And so they're really going to try and make that an emphasis this week, I think. Having Jerry Judy back is going to help, but it's really going to be on that offensive line. And I do think they're willing to hold two tight, in, tight ends in to protect and take deep shots out of that formation. Uh, but it's going to take those guys being able to protect against a really formidable Washington defensive line. Yeah. And uh, looking back on your, your comment spotty, we, we only ran 22 times um, against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was 34% of our plays. Now, granted, we, we talked about on the pod on the show, we only had 64 total plays that game, just kind of, it seemed like that game went so fast. Like, like we, we probably should have had more, but for some reason, we, we threw the ball 42 times. We had 42 passes. So 
Uh, a little bit against what everybody was expecting, a little bit more of a 50-50 split. It was definitely more of a 35-65 split. Um, but I agree. I think I think that the, the key here is running the ball because, David, as you mentioned, getting a pass off in this is going to have to dink and dunk if we can, and it's going to – if that's the case, it's going to have to be yards after catch because I don't think we're going to be able to give enough, give Russ enough time to get the ball downfield. I mean, if we didn't have it against the Raiders, we're definitely not going to have it against Commanders. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about a matchup. What's a key matchup you guys are looking forward to? Um, you know, you, you said the two tight end sets, David, but uh, mm-hmm. specifically one matchup on that uh, our offense versus their defense you want to see. Well, obviously, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to take the easy one first, and I'm sorry, but you went to me first, and that's the way it is. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be Mike McGlinchey versus Montez Sweat, and that matchup to me, you know, I said the other day, that uh, last the other night on the show, that uh, maybe Montez Sweat wasn't quite in the category of a Max Crosby rusher, but if he's not, he's not that far off, and, you know, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Mike McGlinchey was not good against Max Crosby, um, but he wasn't disastrously bad. And we've seen plenty of Broncos right tackles be disastrously bad against Max Crosby in specific. Uh, So can he, McGlinchey, step up his game a little bit in pass protection against Sweat? Like you were saying, like we've all been saying, if they have any hope of getting explosive plays down the field, he's going to need to be able to win against Montez Sweat one-on-one. Love it, Spotty. What do you think? What's your uh, what's your matchup you're looking forward to on this? I think out of anything for the Broncos that say I'm, I'm of course I'm one of you saying that we underutilized our passing game in this last uh, game is our, is actually our wide receivers. Uh, the the Commanders are throwing out some guys with some little experience. I believe there's a rookie that starts for them. Uh, I probably couldn't name anybody else in their secondary which I think we should really take advantage of. And maybe that is, you know, pulling them in uh, on some play action plays or, or even trying to get over the top a little bit more in these games. But of course I can say that when we don't have any pressure on the quarterback. So David did steal it, you know, that's easy to, you know, but uh, even Josh Dobbs for the uh, Cardinals in that game against the commanders, he, he didn't throw any interceptions and mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I can tell you that out of all the games that I've seen at Josh Dobbs, I would have definitely bet the over on at least one interception per game, especially in that situation. So I do believe that our wide receivers have some ability to take advantage of the, of an inexperienced secondary. And we should, we should throw the ball even better than we did against the Raiders. And, and Emmanuel Forbes is that corner you're talking about, uh, first round draft pick out of Mississippi State. Um, yeah, they they played him in uh, 40 snaps in the first game, so they 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 played him pretty much the whole game as a wide corner. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they play him one, the whole game as well, which would be interesting. It'd be him versus Mims, so that'd be an interesting little matchup to see um, to, to see how that works out. Either him him versus Mims or him versus Sutton. Um, do we know what you know? We were looking at maybe Judy being back. We think Judy's going to be back for this game, huh? I think so, at the very least. All the talk keeps sounding like he was so close to playing on Sunday that it would take, for in my mind, it would take a setback for him to not play. Um, and so that, to me, I'm really interested to see what that opens up for Mims specifically. Um, 
you know, with, with Judy running the the intermediate routes, the 15 to 20 yard routes down the field, what can that open up for Mims over the top? Um, they've got a really good ball hawking safety in Cam Curl. His coverage grade is really, really high. Um, so that, that, you know, might not be a matchup that you throw the rookie out there right away. But on the other hand, you know, we've seen, we saw Mims in preseason. He's got that playmaking ability. He may not have it all together on, you know, against starting NFL defenses yet, but you know, you got, got to get the guy reps. And I think having Judy back will help him. That could spell a disaster for Washington. I don't think Mm -hmm. they match up well with anybody on the field with Jerry. There's very few real good matchups with a healthy Jerry Judy in the first place. That could be the difference maker. Maybe we're pushing it down the field more at that time or better yet. I mean, we were promised the Michael Thomas-esque role by Sutton. I mean, maybe really is taken on by Jerry Judy. And if we got the ball in his hands, you know things are going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, so let's let's just hope that Judy's healthy and comes back. But you know we want to make sure that he's one hundred percent before he comes back. Not trying to rush him back into things. But I, I think you're right. I think Jerry Judy could be the key in the difference maker because again he could he could be dangerous at getting the ball in his his hands at the five yard mark and then take off for another thirty. Uh, and that's that's what right. he's known for. So I think that's going to be huge. Um, While we're on the subject of playmaking pass catchers for the Broncos with hamstring injuries, uh, Greg Dolchich was. Not was not put on injured reserve uh, this week, so it doesn't. It seems like at this point the Broncos are officially optimistic that he would miss less than four games with his hamstring injury. He did not practice today, but he was out working on the side field, so at least he is not immobilized with that hamstring injury right now. Hamstrings have just been killing the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what that's going to happen? But even with him out. I was delightfully surprised in Troutman's play. Uh, I, I, I mean, I didn't even know who the guy was when we when we traded for him, and yet they, even Russ has come out and said he's a great utility man. Maybe maybe we need to run more plays for him. Maybe we need to figure things better out. Um, but I, it's, it will be affect us with Dulcich being out. I think he was doing really good in that kind of extra wide receiver role for us. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm looking at pro football focus and how they graded him out, and they actually have him as a tight end slash receiver um, in, yeah. the, in pro football focus. He had he had uh, he lined up in the slot more than he lined up in the tight end position um, for that most of that game. So when, when we looked at the stats, when we looked at the beforehand. We're like, we're only going to hold on like five wide receivers. A little weird. Right? We're not having more than that, um, especially since we called two from the practice squad up that week. Um, but yeah, you saw him definitely play more of that that slot receiver role than than anything else. So it's gonna be it's gonna miss him. We're gonna miss him. But I think Troutman, I think Troutman had a good game, uh, and he can pass block pretty well. So I think overall, I think that was he he did a pretty good job showing the why we picked him up. He is, and we'll see. And this is the thing about Troutman because he, you guys are both right. He does a little bit of everything. He is that utility wide or, or a tight end for sure. He does block well. He he can run routes. He's a steady pass catcher. But he is, you know, there was that one play in the red zone, I think, and maybe it was in the third or fourth quarter where Troutman catches the ball two or three yards short of the line to gain. And he's got one guy to beat in the open field and he gets ankle tackled basically right on the spot. And that's where you got with Troutman. He's not an electric athlete the way Greg Dolchich is. He is that utility kind of tight end. And that's, you know, it's it's definitely good to have a guy like that. I would say to everybody expecting Troutman to be kind of a, a game breaker in this offense going, probably that's not going to be his role. 
But if we're thinking about it like that, I think the defenses are going to think about it that way as well. So he's it out there. And, I mean, what is he? Targeted five times, five catches, 34 yards. That's a solid game for a guy who's supposed to be more about blocking than receiving. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, okay, so I'm just going to real quick, uh, and to, before we flip it over, uh, I think my matchup that I'm um, kind of looking forward to the most is the interior offensive line of the Denver Broncos uh, versus Josh Allen. Um, guys like, you know, for the, for the overall, uh, Miners play pretty well. Powers is okay. Cushberry is okay in that first game. Um, but how are they going to go up against an elite interior defensive lineman that can just kind of bowl people over? Uh, interested to see what Cushenberry can do, depending on where Allen lines up. Um, they're going to probably throw some stunts at us, uh, see how they pick it up, see how they how they go through there. It's just he's a, he's a bulldozer. He yep. is going to absolutely manhandle the guy across from him and and cause problems in that in the in the pocket. And I don't think he's gonna, uh, based on edge the difference between edge rush. And, and interior rush is that sometimes there's nowhere to go. If he's coming straight mm-hmm. at your face, there's not a lot of places to go. Like Russ was doing a really good job of getting out of the pocket when the rushers were getting upfield and sliding in um, in between the tackle and guard to get rolled out. He's not going to have that option. It's a lot more of a direct route when a guy's coming at you from the middle. So um, that's going to be the big thing I'm, I'll am i be looking forward to. And if we can't stop Josh Allen, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. Jo- Jonathan Allen? Yeah. John Allen. Oh, did I say Josh Allen a couple times too? You sure, you, you, oh you, man, Jonathan Allen. I'll be all right. He'll be all right. We all know who it, I'm talking about. <laughs> I would even say it's a one A one B because they got Deron Payne as well, and those two Alabama defensive tackle, three hundred pound man children. There, they probably could be uh, switched for one another. I, I think Deron Payne had a slightly better game in this last one against the Cardinals. I, I'm not real sold on the capabilities of Cushenberry. I know, of course, you know we're in a new year, but one of the pain points for the Broncos' offensive line was that interior a gap a lot. So I hope that you know we're we're crashing down quickly to kind of give him some assistance, or better yet, maybe pulling the guards to help out with some of these extra run plays. He, I think, Cushenberry is going to need a little extra help. Yeah, I agree. I think the guards are definitely going to have the the guards and Cushenberry are going to have their uh, have their work cut out for them this week. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, let's flip the switch. Unless you guys have any last words about our offense or their defense. All right, let's flip it up. Um, let's talk about our defense and. Let's talk about before we get into it. And I, I know I said the past is the past. Let's talk a little bit about Tamari Mathis, can we? I guess. If you, I, if you want. We? If you want. Because in overall, overall, as a, as a defense as a whole, our defense played pretty well against the Raiders. If you just look at it as a whole, our defense played pretty well. 17 points kind of sucks. We're not used to that. We're used to single digits most of the time. But two touchdowns were both given up by the same corner. Um, is that because they kept putting... Or, you know, Devontae Adams against Tavari Mathis, or because it wasn't Devontae Adams most of the time. It was, uh, I forget who it was. The guy Jacoby that caught the touchdown. Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Myers. Do we, are we worried about, are we worried about Mathis? Like, let's, I'm just going to put it out there. Are we worried about Mathis on the opposite side of Pastor Tan? Yes. Gonna, yeah. We're going to keep it sweet. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe, but yeah, but what are you going to do about it? Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm worried about it. Sure. But the other, the your alternative is to throw your third round rookie who had a, you know, a pectoral strain all most of training camp and has hardly practiced with the team in there. And that's what you've got right now. Or, you know, put Isang Bassi on the outside and see how that goes. You know, your options, any way you slice it, outside of Mathis right now, are just not terrific. So. You're right about it. The answer is going to be yes. In the, but the answer is there's nothing that we can do about it. it we're, we know what's going to happen. We've seen over the years when you have a top corner, a shutdown corner. I mention it all the time. As long as Mathis doesn't give up 300 yards, he, he's actually in the best role to be kind of like uh, uh, Peters uh, or uh, Trayvon Diggs, right? It, everybody talks about how incredible those guys are, but you forget that they get thrown at a lot. So if he can kind of, if he comes out of this year with more interceptions than Pastor Tan, then it's a successful year. But if then again, if we're if we're going to force Riley into that position where he hasn't seen any preseason work, uh, he's really working coming back from injury. He's he's not going to be any better. Uh, no matter no matter what, even let's say he's going to be a better player in the long run, I don't think he's going to be a better player right now. So we got to count on Mathis to just hopefully stop the bleeding opposed to let it gush. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, do you see a little bit more help coming over from some extra strong safeties going more nickel kind of help him out a little bit more? Or uh, are we just going to try to see a little bit more of the same? There was a lot more man in this game than I was expecting. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought there would be a little bit more zone uh, specifically on the non-pass or tan side, kind of do some sort of like Tampa 2 type thing, but I didn't see it. Didn't see a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so. and I don't know. They might they might decide to just try and match up again. I know they've got, you know, Terry McLaurin, um, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel on this, on this Washington defense, but the, you know, the Broncos might just decide, listen, we're going to do what we did and just hope that our pass rush gets home this time. Yep, and talk about the second disappointing part. We are uh, officially one week in with zero sacks. Do, does that change this week? It has to. I believe Sam Howell was sacked six times by the Cardinals. I could not wow. name. I think I can name one guy that might be uh, on that defense at all, and that's Xavier Collins. And He's a first-round draft pick, so you hope that he gets some kind of sacks in there. <laughs> Other than that, there's not a person on that team that you can name. So if we don't have the ability to get to the quarterback in this game, Vance Joseph needs to look at, take a look in the mirror, maybe channel his inner Fangio channel, whatever coaching tree that he came from, and dial it up. This game, those, four, those five- and six-man rushes that we send, they need to be a little more – exotic than just running them up the middle and hoping that, you know, we're going to get through. Yeah. You've got to get home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like you said, Jared, they got this, the Arizona Cardinals team got six sacks on this, on Sam Howell. Um, And, you know, as a young quarterback, who's just doesn't have a lot of starts in this league. You've just, you've got to put him under pressure. You've got to rattle him and make him prove that he can perform at a high level on the road when you're hitting him a lot. And it's, you know, it's going to be so crucial for this Broncos defense if they want to get off on the right foot 
to get after him early. Who's our defensive line? Who's the guy that's going to get that first sack to set the tone? I'm going to go with Cooper. Gregory. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. I'm going with Cooper just because he's had, it seems like he's had the momentum all off season. And now I want to go, I want to see it on the field. There, there is no momentum in that game one. No, <laughs> there is no, no nothing. I don't even think we got hurries. I think we had what, like two quarterback hurries. And I think that were, they were being very generous in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only reason I throw out Gregory is that he gets paid like he's a top pass rusher. Yep. And if you're being paid like a top pass rusher, you have to show that you can be, or at least take over a game, maybe even half a game. You know, we know we're not asking for you to be Vaughn Miller, where you sit, you see a double and triple team on a regular basis throughout the whole entire game. All we're asking is maybe even a quarter, maybe a quarter yep. and a half. That's all we're needing from you, and that will allow us to gain momentum to to win the game. Yeah. Yep. Even a drive, I'd take a drive at this point. <laughs> like two, two, bi- you know, two big stops, like a, th- a second, third down stop to make them punt. I'm happy. Like one, one sack, and then maybe a nice little like pressure to have them throw it away. Like perfect. I'd take that. Uh, we didn't see any of that week one, so I, I agree. Uh, you know, we're, we throw out somebody that's getting paid like a, a top guy. Let's talk about Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark is another one that we're expecting him to come in and be like, let's do this. I know he's an older guy. He's been leagued for a little bit longer, but we thought that he'd come in and be able to be that answer for us. And ugh. Or at least a reserve guy. Like, you know, I always expected him just to be a reliable third or fourth edge rusher. And that, that just didn't work out either. He just, he was another guy so far that got no consistent pressure whatsoever. And so, you know, it's just, it's going to have to be better from all of them. It, it doesn't make sense that we're we're asking for Jonathan Cooper to be the guy. What is he, a sixth or seventh round pick? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All these yeah. other high, where's, where's Nick Benita at? Like, he's a right. second, third round pick. I just don't under, I, I don't understand. You know, we see these guys and we see their potential, but fall flat. Right. Yep. Um, okay, let's talk about our matchups real quick, and then we'll have closing thoughts. Matchups, uh, the commander's offense versus the Broncos defense. Well, I mean, we'll be honest with you. The, the one thing that the commanders can do that possibly could scare, would normally scare me about them is that the way that they run the football. Brian Robinson Jr. is a hoss. I mean, the guy got shot two, three times last offseason and still only missed, I think, three games. So that he's, he's, he's legit. But we did so well against the Raiders and Jacobs, who is – I. I mean, there's no argument. It's a superior running back. So I think that if they're going to try to establish the run early, that's a that's a Ron Rivera type offense. That's a Ron Rivera thing. Try to establish the run early so it opens up everything else. If we bottle them up, I don't believe they're going to have a chance. I don't think that Brian Robinson's going to run for. I, I think he had 50 yards, 60 yards in that game against Cardinals. I I don't think that he'll even get that against us. I, I like that. Damn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with Curtis Samuel, their slot receiver, uh, against Isang Bassey. Um, Samuel, a guy who has just spent a lot of time in the league at this point, a seasoned veteran who has played really well. Um, you know, if they do get something going in the passing game, I think we're going to be able to stop their biggest threats at wide receiver 
pretty well like we did against the Raiders, but it's going to come down to whether Samuel can make plays for them and kind of open things up for the rest of that passing offense. So hopefully they'll be able to shut him down. Um, but that's what I'd be really looking at. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I like that. I, you know, I, I usually like to look at the, uh, the, the secondary in that. Um, I think McLaren is, is a pretty high value wide receiver, but I just don't think Sam Howells is the guy that's going to be able to get in the ball right now. And I just, I, I don't think it's going to be against us. I don't see him having his breakout game against us. I just, I'm sorry, I just don't. And especially with the offensive line, I was just looking through it. Um, I think there's only one guy that was drafted in the 2020s. Uh, the rest of them were like 2014, 2017. There's a couple undrafted right. guys. Uh, yeah, Cosme. Cosme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Cosme. 2021. Mm-hmm. Sam Cosme, 2021. And I think their other tackle is 2020. Um, but their their center undrafted guy uh, from 2018. Their right tackle, Andrew Wiley, undrafted, 2017. Their left tackle, who, who played pretty well, Pro Football Focus says, um, uh, Charles Leno Jr., 2014. From the Bears. And Charles Leno, uh, who, who has never had a, you know, top 20 tackle kind of, doesn't come into that, into the commanders with that kind of profile at least. Right. So, so yeah. So we're talking He's, about if we're going to have our edge rushers do something, it's against these two tackles. It's these two tackles. We got to do it. Um, so that's that's going to be the matchup. Um, and really, I, I, I want to see what Sam Howell does against, against our defense and how we scheme. I guess coaches maybe is my my pick this week like i want to see how we scheme against a, a you know a first year really he's a rookie he's a second year guy but he's a rookie first time starting uh and sam howell in in this commander's uh commander's offense so um that that's going to be that's going to be how do we, how do we get the pressure on him how do we make sure that he's he's not comfortable and uh and push that so mm-hmm. um all right any last uh last thoughts about this specific matchup um the Broncos defense versus the commander's offense. I'm slightly scared of their wide receivers. If we didn't have Pat Sertan on Terry McLaurin, which he actually may not even be on Terry McLaurin, who's suffering from turf toe right now. Pat might actually be on Jahan Dotson, who I think is the superior wide receiver of the two. It's, really? it's just that, I mean, at the first, he, he didn't play much of the preseason. His injury was turf toe. Turf toe... It, it affects you from being explosive and in and out of your um, routes. So if Pat is on him and maybe – so DeMar may be seeing their, their true number one guy. And so, again, we need to see from him, if he wants to be a starter in this league, can he hold his own for half the game or, you know, for a little bit of time? Yeah. That's that's an interesting take. You think that Dodson is the the superior wide receiver over Terry McLaurin? At at this time, you know, when it comes to the turf toe, I don't know how many of the you know former top guys in the league. They every year, Patrick, uh, not Pat, uh, Adrian Peterson used to lose games on turf toe, and his the the way that he used to make his cuts were so different with that injury and I never having it I couldn't explain to you why that is um yeah. but specifically Jahan right now is the young guy he he comes in and out of his breaks and I think he had built a relationship with Sam Howell last year uh being with the second team guys a lot quicker yeah that's a good point mm-hmm 
Um, okay, let's finish this off. Let's go closing thoughts uh, on this game. What what our basic expectation is? Let's talk about score predictions. We were wildly inaccurate last week uh, with our score predictions. So let's <laughs> let's try again and see where we go. Uh, so we'll start. Uh, let's start with you, Spotty. What, what are you thinking? Final thoughts and then score predictions. Okay, my final thoughts for this is is again. I know it's beating a dead horse about this, but Vance Joseph. We need to see something from you. We were so worried about our defensive coordinator last year, and he came out to be the greatest thing about this team. Almost every single one of those players is back from this year. We know we have the ability to hold any of these offenses to a low-scoring game, but it also involves getting to the quarterback. And if we, how, how are we not going to get to the quarterback in week one? That's the time to set the tone. If you set the tone week one, everybody knows, man, these guys are for real. Everyone else that's going to come in, see us week to week, they're going to say, all right, the Broncos again had zero sacks. They had almost zero pressure. Let's dink and dunk them to death. And if the offense doesn't put it together, then we're losing by one point. I'd, I'd almost say it's used a solid bet to bet the uh, one, you know, that, that money line or the spread every week. Cause you know, the Broncos are going to keep it close. A lot of the same from last year. I don't think this game is going to be close. If the Broncos defense plays to the potential that we know that they can and get to the quarterback, I don't see the commander scoring a lot of points. I'm going with 13 points for the commanders. And I truly believe that we can get up and down the field, 24 points for the Broncos. Nice. Like it. 24, 13 Broncos. All right, David, what do you think? So I know it's only week two, but I'm going to talk about playoffs because Sean oh, Payton. Geez. Yep. Uh, because this is not you're going to talk Sean about playoffs. Payton, that's right. <laughs> um, Sean Payton set the expectation for this team when he said he thought anything less than a playoff team would be a disappointment this season. Um, and so when you come out and just realistically looking at the Broncos' schedule, when you come out and you drop your home opener against the Raiders that margin of error just gets tighter. And I am not here to say that I necessarily agree with the sentiment that this season for the Broncos is a failure unless they make the playoffs. I think there are plenty of good outcomes this season that don't end up in a playoff berth for the Broncos. But if you have any chance at all of getting back on track, you've got to help yourself by winning this game. Um, And so in that vein, uh, I think the Broncos do win, but I have to disagree that I think I don't know that they're ready to go that far ahead from where they were last week. I think they maybe hit 20 points this week and hold Washington to, you know, 17 or 16 again. Um, so yeah, I would say 20 to 16 Broncos is my, my score prediction. Um, I wholeheartedly agree that this is the game you cannot drop two in a row at the beginning of the season and still have that mentality that it's playoff or bust. Right. It just doesn't work, especially against a Washington Commanders team who is not a playoff uh, caliber team. Let's be honest. Uh, they got the defense to be able to do it, but they don't have the offensive weapons to do it. So um, I, I agree with you. I think this is, you know, you, we could sit here and say every game's a must win, right? But this is one of those games that in order to set ourselves back on track for the rest of the, the first part of our, our season, the first quarter of our season, this has got to be a win here to get us momentum, get us excitement, because I think we're away the week after. 
and we have to we have to get a win in one of our two home games uh, to start the season. We're and that, at that's Miami just... in week three, and I I don't love our oh, chances. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah, yeah, right. that's, yeah. Tua and Tyreek are doing. That's that's for next episode, David. We, yeah. we that's right. next week's right. episode. <laughs> You're right. NASCAR episode. You right. The NASCAR episode. Oh, so um so yeah so let's we got let's come out of this with a win let's go one and one to start the the start the season get a little bit of momentum because our schedule is not getting any easier. Uh, and, and I think that this is where we have to start. But I, I also don't like – I don't think we're going to be able to march up and down against that defense. I think they're going to be able to control the offensive line of scrimmage unless unless we run the ball 64 times um, or, you know, 44 times instead of passing it 44 times. I, I think that this is going to be a little bit closer. Uh, I'm going to go with um, – I think we go uh, 17 again for us, and I think we hold them to 10. 17-10 Broncos. Okay. Um, okay. Without without any missed field goals and no uh, missed extra points. <laughs> I wish you had uh, that. Crap. I really cross your fingers, really cross your toes. God, I wish. Will you Lutz that. has been kept taking some extra reps in practice this week. Oh, he better. Um, oh boy. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Those of you guys who are listening, make sure you're telling your friends, family uh, about us. Uh, appreciate this. Uh, we'll be here all season, making sure next week we'll break down that the NASCAR episode, as Spotty calls it, uh, against the uh, Miami Dolphins. But we, we're going to go ahead and end this, uh, as always, on a very strong Go, go Broncos. Broncos. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.